dude, this dog leg stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists, you found the Groom Pod. Welcome to our virtual salon. My name is Susie and I'm your host. I'm a mobile groomer from Seattle, Washington, and anyone who knows me will tell you I love to talk, especially about my job. One of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show, Miss Barbara Bird. Hey, thanks for the great liftoff. I, you know, I have gotten what our intern was like. I just sent it up real nice. So, what's up this week? What's up this week? Well, we've had a very exciting week here in the Northwest where it's been really cold. I mean, really cold. Well, Barbara Bird, this week we're going to talk all about innovations in shear design because you've been around for most of them. I figure we might as well pick your brain. Plus, we have a new innovative shear design that we're going to talk about at the end. So the other topic is a product called Onero. We're going to review that. Well, what's new is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. So, Susie. Yes. Here we are, both of us, in a single week, a year older. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So how are you doing? You know, I'm trying to ignore it for the most part. I did have some chocolate cake. That was about as party as I got. And I worked. I worked because it was the one day that I could get out of my driveway. And I thought it was all over. We had really cold, really cold weather. I'm talking nine degrees. We've had colder here, but not by much. Nine degrees. But no snow. No snow, very little snow. Up here where I live, we had about an inch of snow. But everywhere else, probably no snow at all. <clears throat> but this is the first time ever that I couldn't get in the trailer because the door froze shut. I couldn't fill my water because our outdoor faucet, even though it was covered with an insulator, froze shut. Didn't break, though. Here, let me tell you the story. <laughs> I had two appointments, two appointments that I couldn't figure out where to schedule. <laughs> I'm glad it's entertaining. I had two appointments that I couldn't figure out where else to put, and they were right next to each other and really easy drive from my house to there. So I thought, it hasn't snowed, no problem. Yeah, it's cold, but the roads are clear. So I go out. I can't open my trailer door at all. I shake it. I use my crowbar. I can't get it open for anything. But I've already committed to go to these appointments. So I unhook my 
electrical cord and I think, okay, well, I'll just run off the generator. These are generator stops anyway. So I leave my cord behind and I go to the back of my Explorer to open up and check how much gas is in my generator. And it pops, but I can't get it open. So it's frozen shut. And I get in the car to drive away and I'm thinking, boy, I hope I can get my trailer door open when I get to the appointment. And I hope my tailgate doesn't pop open as I'm driving to that appointment because it's loose, but frozen shut. So I make my way to the gas station thinking things will have wiggled enough by the time I get there. And I get out and I try to pop my rear hatch and I can't get it up. So I've still got the little hatch open light going on. I drive the rest of the way to my appointment and luckily it doesn't pop up. I have no gray water tank. The place that I park is essential to not letting slip the old people who are coming out to their car. If I put my drain pipe in the wrong spot, then there'll be a slick of ice. And I didn't have any de-icer with me. I've gone 15 minutes early so that I can heat up my compartment. And now it's 15 minutes after my appointment time. And I'm still trying to find a place to park out there. I park, I get out of the car, I go back to the trailer, I can't open the door, I get my crowbar out, and I crowbar the trailer open, and it pops open, and then I go up and I open the tailgate, and voila, I'm in good shape. So I plug everything in, I go rearrange my trailer, because you never know what it looks like when you arrive at the next place. And for the first time ever since 2006, all of my products are frozen, the switch to my bathing beauty is frozen. Everything is frozen solid. And I think it was because there was no snow, so there was no insulation on the top. But what a weird day. I did finally get things moving. I almost did a dry bath on the dog, but instead I went ahead and gave it a regular bath, parked in this odd spot so that I didn't create an ice slick. And I went on about my day. But you forget how much chaos can get sent to you in a moment of weather change. It was really bizarre. Gee, don't you wish to live where I live? <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't go through that. We actually had a very balmy week. And for three or four days, oh. it was in the 70s, lower 70s. So, I mean, just lovely. I asked you how it felt to be a year older. And you dodge that question like a coyote and went right to a story of my day. You would rather tell stories than talk about uh, how does it feel to be a year older? It feels the same as it did the day before. That's why I told the story. There's like no difference. I had one piece of cake. I bought it myself. My husband never even mentioned my birthday. I was overwhelmed by all of the mentions on Facebook, but I just kind of forge right through just like I did with the story. I just move on by. <laughs> what, about, what about you? How do you feel? Well, I feel awfully damn lucky to be alive. I feel like uh, every day is a gift, and sometimes I waste them. <laughs> I, I feel loose and lazy. Lazy and loose. Just like, yeah, this is good. This is good. I'm taking it slow and easy. I'm glad and rather amazed that I'm here before you at 84. I never imagined it. I thought I'd 
I'd be gone by 50, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, taking too many chances. So anyway, I have a perspective that one of those fine wine (laughs) people that every year it ages a little bit and then it gets just a little bit more edgy over here or softer over there or whatever. That's me. I'm just watching myself go through my life. So it was a more backwards glance. Although how I spent the day is I spent half of the day giving myself a manicure, which you can't see. I can see it's beautiful. See the pretty colors? Yes. You might notice that I have uh, the middle finger or the bird finger that I've chosen as the accent and it is in a sparkling gold so (laughs) I can flip you the golden bird I think it's a new tradition I like it (laughs) so uh, I'm being encouraged to take it uh, on the road to Atlanta well that's super cool you know this is a perfect time to bring up our visit to the tent sale. So let me tell you about the excitement that we have coming on March 7th. Hey there, groomers. I'd like to invite you to join Barbara and I at the grooming sales event of the year. The show season tent sale is back. Meet us in Tucker, Georgia on March 7th, that's the day before groomed, for a day jam-packed with exciting giveaways, expert-led workshops, incredible networking, free food, and massive deals on grooming essentials from show season and Groomer's Mall. Everything from shampoos and conditioners, colognes, shears, smocks, clippers, and more will be on sale, but you have to attend in person to unleash the savings. This is your chance to stock up for your salon, learn new skills to help your business thrive, and win free gifts upon entry, and have an unforgettable time mixing and mingling with other groomers who are just as passionate about pet care as you are. Show Season will be offering their biggest discounts of the year, including their popular buy three, get the fourth free deal on all gallons. If you're ready to sniff out the savings, lap up some learning, and have a barktastic time, get registered for free today. The 2024 tent sale registration link can be found in the GroomPod discussion group on Facebook. You can also find more information by following Show Season Animal Products on Facebook or sending an email to marketing at showseasongrooming.com. Can't wait to see you on March 7th at the Show Season tent sale. Not bad, huh? It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. I'm just getting more and more like them. Now that I've kind of discovered the fingernail situation out, I can move on to the next level (laughs) of excitement. Oh, it's going to be like, what will I wear? So (laughs) you might have to help me. Um, Anyway, I haven't seen some of these people in so long. I'm just really excited and meeting new people and getting to be at, at the of the, the plant, you know, to see the actual making of the shampoo in process. It's just like, oh man, this is it. This is how it happens. <laughs> I love it's it. going to be cool. Yeah, I'm awfully stressed about making my PowerPoint, but I'll get there. I find out that I'm the luncheon speaker. Oh. 
who wants to talk about chemistry at lunch? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I think I should maybe do stand-up comedy instead or something. <laughs> yes, maybe I should go at lunch and you should go afterwards. Yeah, I know, because it's right. You should go at lunch because you're you're more that light entertainment kind of master. And um, Yeah, interesting thought, actually. Huh. Maybe we should contact them. Have you been on Facebook at all this week? Just a little bit. I I kind of checked in on my birthday wishes, and then it soon became a little overwhelming. How am I going to answer? <laughs> Personally, answer everyone. I like two hundred here. It was just like, whoo, this is cool. <laughs> Okay, look at that. There's this one. And look at that little. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I can say. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because all of a sudden, we've gotten a lot of new members. I mean, an overwhelming amount of new members. And I was thinking, what show is going on? Why am I all of a sudden getting 10, 11 people asking to join the podcast every morning? And then in my Facebook feed, our GroomPod logo started to pop up. And apparently Best Shot did a huge promotion for us and for Dave's uh, interview last week. And they have papered Facebook with the GroomPod logo everywhere. Whoa, no, I didn't, I didn't get the chance to see that. Yeah, I, I've been kind of staying away from... Facebook because people want me to read these labels and it pushes my buttons and some of them and just like the chat about products just like drive me a little cray cray and I don't have time to actually get involved in the all of these conversations that I want to because then I don't get anything else done so I'm I'm kind of holding off I just don't want to get Triggered. It's like when I walk into my shop and I was looking for something and couldn't find it, I just about had a throwing object fit. I mean, I held back, but it was so annoying just to go in there and I can't find this and this is gone and where's my, where's my, I'm just like so critical and so triggered by the whole environment in my old shop because I couldn't ever find it. <laughs> well, that's why we're moving on. It's just a perfect sign from the universe. <laughs> I know. Speaking about moving on, I got my K92 back and I'm very grateful about that. But let's hear a little bit from Dave Campanella and Best Shot and then get on to our first subject, which is about cheer innovations. Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. 
It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. That makes me uh, remember on Facebook this week as I read a post about someone was praising the VetChat products and this is all good and saying that they recently used the mats before the bath and it was a D-shed. And I said, oh, is that all right? Is that all right to do? Is that recommended? I don't think it's one of the ways in which we have have suggested use before, but I'm just wondering hair-wise whether you want to have that. I guess it depends on the dilution. That conditioner will hang on to the hair real well, okay? Going to not actually cleanse the hair, it might just pack some of the crap onto a hair strand. You know what I'm saying? It might seal the hair with some dirt on it or something that should be removed. And then is the surfactant you're using strong enough to break that up and uh, emulsify it? And where I'm going, it's just like, this is why I don't do Facebook, because the simplest little thing, it's actually a compliment for a product that I love, kind of gets me stirred up. <laughs> I don't know if it is a big enough difference. I don't know that it matters. But I don't think that I would use a, a cationic silicone conditioner before the bath. There's a lot of other things that I like to use before the bath, including oils, which are heavier. But um, oils can kind of moisturize even in the presence of water. And then just other treatments but I guess the thing about the max is that it's all it is is a single fancy state-of-the-art conditioning ingredient that clings to the hair well. That's cationic, and it's just um, meant to seal the hair shaft. And it's really most commonly used after the bath to get the hairs all lined up and get maximum sheen from light striking the, the hair or fur, whatever you want to call it. And it protects against moisture loss. It felt a little bit like waxing your car and then washing it. Yeah, exactly. What are you going to get? A lousy wax job. <laughs> right, because the surfactant's going to pull part of the wax job off, and then it's going to also leave some of the crap on there underneath the wax. So I think you're right. So that's all hypothetical. Every one of those those statements would need to be tested. Um, but that's what happens when you give me a little bit of science and enough time to digest it, and I have become... A science nerd. <laughs> the next life. <laughs> well, the one you're about to start here with our yeah. new future. <laughs> 
Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. We've talked about this before, but it bears repeating because Barbara has been grooming for oh, a little bit of time. <laughs> and when she started out, all they had was straight shears. And we now currently have the newest version of shears being the Lynx from Precision Sharp. And I just kind of wanted to connect those dots a little bit. So in your opinion, what was the real first innovation that came along? So we started seeing some longer than usual straight shears. So animal shears came from the farm, from the barn. And so they're kind of um, more whack it off than fine finish. What was the length when you first started out? Were they like six or seven inches? Were they five? It didn't happen like that. When I started out, I started out with eight inch double deck, what do you call Filipino style, fat, heavy, the handles were even, the thumb was even with the finger ring, may or may not have had a little finger holder. The handles were straight, they were even and straight in the beginning. And then we started seeing some kind of little bit of shifting going on with how the fingers were held. And that went in a little bit of a different shape of the handles got very interesting. And they shortened up one of the, like the thumb? They started raising the thumb a little bit, but you, you have to look for these guys. It's called an offset thumb, so it's not level, it's offset, it's above. Also, the, the thumb ring can be twisted so that it's just a little bit more ergonomic. So those kind of, there are just kind of one major shift in the edge from double-edged German scissors to the convicts. It only took about three to five years for all of the double-edged scissors to kind of disappear. They were still available but if you went to the trade show, you'd see the competition groomers, German ladies and Japanese edge scissors, and it made it look so easy. It's so perfect. And of course, those people probably could have gotten the same result with any kitchen shears. <laughs> <laughs> when we're talking the original, it's more like the workhorse blades that you can cut through a cocker spaniel with. Yeah, and those blades were devil-edged blades, even the lighter weight models, which I, I never saw a lighter weight scissor until I opened up my own business in 77. I had just seen these kind of heavier, almost look like um, barber shears. The first clippers that we had, the blades had to be screwed on a separate head that then these were osters that then clicked onto the body of the clicker and you had to think so every blade had to have another head and you had all of these blades on heads behind you when you jamming them around they didn't have any snap on combs you could only change the whole front of the top end of the clipper, but 
They were workhorses. They were workhorses. Those clippers, they worked uh, forever. And we used to clean them by dipping them in a can that had motor oil and kerosene. And we used to run the blades in there, and it would clean them, and they, they would be, then you'd wipe them off real good. Yeah. Then you get a big oil smear on your dog. <laughs> <laughs> so was it sculpting the poodles that really came in with the Japanese edge shears? Yeah, I think it's true. I think the competition groomers probably were the first that were offered. It was pretty simultaneously, but they jumped on these scissors because they were different and they were a smoother cut. And they had such good scissoring hands that um, this tool worked real well for them. For some of us less skilled groomers, we found that the um, blades could get dull in a nanosecond. All right, so there was a real pros and cons for, for all the good things. At the same time, they started offering some smaller and some larger. So the shears grew from the middle, eight inch, down and out, both at the same time. They got shorter, and they got into the nine and a half and ten inch shears. Oh, my God. I would just butcher myself with a nine inch shear. I would butcher myself. I cut myself at least once a month with an eight and a half inch curved, and I'm holding a foot and trying to get it in a elbow area and next thing I know I'm oh that's nice got me when I started grooming the lady that taught me I learned one-on-one with a person who graduated from the Nash Academy she had these magical scissors that she said could erase lines and that was when I learned about thinners and blenders and stuff. And that was another innovation. Weren't they available when you I started? I do think so. I do think so. They weren't curved yet for years and years and years. But, yeah, because we used to do terriers, and it's really hard to do terriers with straight-edge shears that show straight scissoring. You really need the more um, muted effect of the thinning chairs, and then we especially had to get the heads real right without them in the beards. And thinning scissors are great, great erasers. They just can kind of even out a divot. Even if it's a hot spot, if you blend the edges of the area, that will make it automatically look a little more level or even, even if there's a hole there. It just makes it look more singular. And then the magical chunkers came out, and they were long, and they were awkward, but they were pretty cool. I know. So I actually was familiar with chunkers. They It all followed the, the beauty industry. The use of more blenders and thinners and chunkers all comes from the different kinds of needs of a hairstylist. Then groomers kind of attach themselves to one thing or another. So you're right. The first checkers on the scene are like eight inch. 
I fell in love with them right away. But there again, a checker can get triggered by a simple one-time drop. Also by my thumb pressure. <laughs> my thumb pressure will take it out the first day. <laughs> That's too bad. So I have short chunkers. I have like a five and a half inch chunkers and they work great for me because my thumb pressure doesn't affect it at all. But I love my chunkers. And then Randy from Precision Sharp made the curved blender or curved thinner. And I fell in love with that. One of the things I love about Randy is that he maintains a tradition of beveled edge shears because in many ways, they can be the preferred tool. You don't always want the convex edge tool. Just times when I want a bevel edge. And it has a different feel of cutting. And it's a little bit more controllable. Yeah. The smooth, swift convex edges, they can kind of take off on their own. And you can <laughs> I do a lot of folding of hair. With my convex, <laughs> I just fold it here and I fold it there. <laughs> so I pretty much am all bevel edge at this point. It's just easier for me to manage. I was just going to interject that before then, in the human beauty industry, they were making bevel. So you had a, a set of blenders, thinners under a set of regular straight scissors and so it was a double i had those i had those they were interesting but they preceded checkers they were kind of trying to do something of the same thing of being able to straight edge cut and create a natural line okay so that's what chunkers do a lot they're great for doing the under bellies of Fluffy dogs, uh, like say undercoated dogs that have too much fringe underneath. Chunkers really make that look natural, real easily. Then we started this podcast, and Evolution Shears came along and showed us the swivel thumb, the double and triple swivel thumb, engineered for ergonomic happiness with our hands. And what a great innovation that was. They're not perfect for everybody, but boy, if you like swivels, those would be the ones I would buy. And I do, I own a bunch of them. I used to like swivels, to be honest with you. I like swivels because I can move them and get them to where it's better for my thumb, but I want them to be glued that way because um, the action of keeping the thumb in the right place on the swivel, sometimes it's fatiguing to my thumb. But the idea of changing the angle of the thumb was an evolution. It was definitely a major revolution because now a lot of shares of all varieties come with much more sophisticated handles and thumb placement and distances and the scissors that I learned to scissor on, the blade length was half of the tool and the handle was the other half of the tool, right? So I had fairly long shanks and that was hard on your hands. 
no wonder my mentor quit at age 65. He was just like, my hands can't take it anymore. Well, that's because that's how, that was how they, he used it. So I introduced him to, well, do you remember Scissor Man's therapeutic shares? I kind of do. I remember Scissor Man. Scissor Man was an innovative guy. There's two things that, that he did. One of them is that he started sharpening a bevel edge on the convex blades and called it a sharp cut or something, and people loved it. <laughs> the other thing that he did was that he made these shears that had very short shanks and thumbs with a lot of big fat rings in them and a bumper that where the thumb bumps into the handle. So the bumper there, I might be wrong in that description, the bumper between the two rings was really fat and uh, it absorbed the action of anybody who's hard scissory and it helped hands. And I got Bill one of those about two years before he quit. And he said he would never have gotten as far as he did if I hadn't. Isn't that nice to have a mentor that was kind of a tough boss and have him turn around and say he did something that made a difference? Yeah, yeah. that was so cool. I have hopes. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so if you go to a show, definitely stop by the Evolution Shears booth and stick your fingers in their shears because their customer service is great and they're really nice people and they really produce a quality product. But then we get to the newest innovation out there, which is... The Precision Sharp Links. Barbara and I each got different types of link shears. L-Y-N-X, Yeah, not L-I-N-C-K. Yeah, L-Y-N-X, links. And here's what I know about them so far. Uh, they are convex cutting edge. They have an extra special coating on them that protects the edge and keeps it for longer. They have a sliding thumb that's patented. Randy and Cheryl, they patented that. And it locks into place, even for weird hands like mine, it's just so much control because you are able to put that thumb ring right where the joint on my thumb is happy. And it's they're really cool, I love them. They come in seven, eight, and nine inch straights or curves. They have a seven inch, 42 tooth thinner. And interestingly, they say how much hair it removes. The 42 tooth, seven inch thinner, removes about 50% of the hair. The seven and a half inch chunkers, 28 tooth chunkers, both straight and curved, remove 90% of the hair. So tons of hair get removed with those. But if you want something kind of in between, you get the shear that Barbara got, which is the combination seven and a half inch, 26 tooth and 12 tooth thinner combination. It's kind of like a very mild chunker, removing 60% of the coat 
with uh, the end of it being a blender or thinner so you can finish off your cuts really nicely. Uh, what do you think, Barbara? Tell us about your experience with the new shear. Uh, I love it. I love, love, love it. It surprised me because I was looking at it. I looked at the space between the teeth and I'm thinking chunker. But the thing of it is they're slightly oval. They're not just straight teeth. And this is true of a lot of chunkers. They kind of fan out at the outer edge and it's a wider area of blade than they are at the top of the I would call it a keyhole design. Yeah, that's probably technically right. <laughs> okay. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Why are you waiting for me to praise you? <laughs> I would, did you notice? <laughs> good dog. Yes, good dog. <laughs> You're wonderful. Oh, thanks. So I think the same of you. Okay. Did you test it on your own dogs? I got to test it on um, a wild fox terrier. So Miranda, who's the groomer, who comes over to my house and helps me clean and sort and get ready for my move, and she just wants to care for me a little bit. I agreed to groom her dog or be shown for its birthday party, and which she asked me to do. And uh, she came, before we did her dog, we did this terrier that I took for the last time because I had forgotten to alert this guy that I was closing the shop. So he never knew. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> See you, buddy. And we're just in the process of kind of packing up stuff and it's a bit of a disarray. But every, all the equipment in the back was still. Uh, hooked up. So I said, yeah, and I needed the money. So I said, um, if you don't mind a little disarray and that we're in the middle of uh, getting out of here, I'd love to do it one last time for you. And it worked out so good. Miranda is very strong. And she just held those dog's front legs. I never could have groomed that dog by myself. Susie, I forgot that this was a two-person dog. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> and when I go so far as to label it a two-person, I mean it. You better yeah. have some help. So Miranda was there, and she helped me. And I started scissoring the legs with the new scissor, and it's just smooth as silk. I couldn't believe it. It's almost... A straight edge shear, but it has this thinning finish. It, it's lovely. It looks so good. That dog now looking the best it's ever between Miranda's help steadying it. So it sounds like you had a good experience with the new shear. I'm really excited about that. And unfortunately, what it means is I better take a pocket full of money to Atlanta Pet Fair so I can get some more of these. I love them. Let's take another quick break. And then we're going to do a little favor for Miranda. We're going to 
talk about a shampoo that she pointed out to us on our Facebook group, <laughs> and it's called Onero Shampoo. Did you know that Stasco has come out with a couple of new products? First, there's the Stasco Oatmeal Protein Conditioner. This conditioner provides exceptional body and manageability and super shiny finishes. And it has a wonderful apple scent that I love. Great in the recirculator too. And they have a new matching protein conditioning spray, dematting, anti-static conditioning, and finishing all in one, just like the original Stasco spray, but with that delicious apple fragrance. Look for these new products at trade shows and your favorite distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Birds Classroom. So Barbara, Miranda, Kay asked you to review the shampoo on our Facebook group, so we're going to do it here. So tell us about the Onero shampoo. And I was interested, and of course, what I did first was I looked at the picture of the label that she had sent us, which is always a, just a quick way to get ingredients to me. So I looked it over and I said, well, this is interesting. I can see that it's trying to be in one of those all natural things. And uh, they didn't complete the ingredient list. They just said less than 1% ingredients on, on pamphlet. So I said, well, what, where's the fucking pamphlet? You know, <laughs> so I went to their website. It at first it looked like it was kind of a luxury shampoo, and then um, I go to their website and they say that it takes twenty six seconds for any product to enter your bloodstream. What? That's crazy. I was reading along, they say less than 1% ingredients listed on pamphlet. And then in bold type, it says citrus, lemon, orange, and pepper seed. Where's the preservative? It's not listed. I mean, I'm not surprised it would be, you know, less than 1%. Maybe what? it's in the pamphlet. <laughs> Maybe it's in the pamphlet. I know, but I can't find the pamphlet. <laughs> the pamphlet isn't online. And listen, I just like went through their site. And um, of course that made me mad, but it made me even madder that they're frightening people by scaring them that their shampoo is going to enter their bloodstream in 26 seconds. That would be freaky because how would we exist? Things would be entering our bloodstream all the time, like yeah. our hand lotion and our soaps. Coca-Cola that you spill and Pepsi that you pour in the van. Yes. You're probably rubbing that in. <laughs> then I was just really pissed when I saw this misinformation. People... The skin is not a sieve. Sieve? Sieve. My mother said. Because she was fancy, apparently. <laughs> anyway, it ain't one of those things with holes in the bottom that just lets everything in. It's a barrier. That's the job of the skin is to keep things out of the bloodstream. 
and it does a really good job. Um, there's no evidence that any of the ingredients that cosmetic ingredients that are listed as reviewed by the Cosmetic Ingredient Review Board of the USA, there's no evidence that your shampoo ingredients are getting into your bloodstream. Those ingredients don't do that or they would be banned. Well, the EU bans those kind of ingredients. <laughs> the EU bans a whole lot of ingredients that are not in use in the world. It's gone and they're banned. <laughs> Don't ever come back. Out. <laughs> Those are antiquated ingredients, most of them. And they still exist on the EU list. And we just don't have those that we know aren't happening. They have uh, this list of things we would never, ever use. So help me God, you know, that's the list. They've even got free from oils, sweet almond oil, argan oil, no oils, no, no argan. <laughs> no. <laughs> but they got plenty of aloe vera juice. So would you say the stuff that they're listing is like we were talking about last week, more like claims ingredients than the actual ingredients? They're not claims ingredients. These are ingredients that are banned in EU that we've never heard of. We just, they haven't been in use in centuries, okay? Okay. So, I mean, that's not all of them. There are other banned ingredients that you see on every freaking list. That's just the way to make you think it's real is to repeat it and repeat it. And those companies that are marketing free from, they check each other out so that everybody knows all of the free froms. Yeah, yeah I get it. <laughs> that world just drives me crazy. It just ruined my love of nature-based products. It just ruined it for me. And I was a holistic groomer. When I started realizing it was just like mostly marketing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh man, I can't be here anymore. That was me. I don't think I've ever revealed that, people. You just heard it once and maybe never again. <laughs> <laughs> so in your opinion... We can't really tell how this shampoo works because we got no idea what's really in it. I know what the most of it is. And it's a very mild, like baby shampoo. Here's their uh, lineup. They're free of petroleum, paraffin wax, silicone, parabens, ethanolamines, synthetic dyes. Directions, massage a small amount to wet hair, lather well, and rinse. Well, that means you can't dilute it, okay? Just saying. That's your first clue that this is not intended to be a professional grooming industry product. It's a pet lover's home grooming. This is what they're supposed to use, and this looks pretty good. And this brand, this Onero, they market to the hospitality industry to get free samples in the hotel rooms um, on the islands 
because everything is like it's all vacation based and sun chaser and so it's all about take a summer vacation stay at a cool hotel or place and it'll have this shampoo and you'll use it and love it and uh take it home and buy it on our website for yourself right so they have this hugely beneficial um small size bottles for the hotel room. Barbara's talking about the human shampoo in this case, not necessarily the dog shampoo, but they might have the dog shampoo. Well, it is the same. No, this is the dog shampoo that I'm talking about. Okay. This is the dog shampoo. They're putting the dog shampoo in the hotels? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty smart. They say that shampoos are interchangeable. Okay. No, but then they have one that comes up when you ask for for the dogs. But they say in their broader statement, they say for people and their pets. Okay. It's a glucoside trio of cocoa glucoside, laurel glucoside, decal glucoside, sodium cocoyl, isothionate. All of those are surfactants. All of those are part of the cleaning mechanism instead of just like one sodium laureth sulfate, you've got three glucosides and sodium cocoyl isothionate, and that's followed by sodium laroyal lactylate, which is also a surfactant slash emulsifier makes the skin soft but it's all natural right <laughs> that's what there's yeah well these, yeah. Are, these are these natural uh substitutes for popular ingredients they also have um sodium methyl cocoyl taurate these all all those are have cleansing ability so they have to like double triple up on cleansers to get the animal clean. And then it's a use straight from the bottle product. And they're not suggesting or standing by any kind of dilution. So you know it's not going to dilute well, if any. Make sure you get your shampooing done and rinsed off in 26 seconds because <laughs> it'll enter your bloodstream after that. <laughs> the... Um, Cocoa glucoside and glucoside don't foam well. Laurel glucoside, it kind of adds a more sufficient foaming, but foaming in general is a challenge when using these glucosides, challenge for the formulator. They just don't foam well. They just don't feel as silky and satiny as... Um, our other ingredients and they need to be bolstered. So they have uh, sodium laroyal lactylate, sodium methyl cocoyl and um, cocoyl taurate. Um, and then less than 1% ingredients on it listed on the pamphlet. That's going to be all the goodies. <laughs> you know, all, all these, uh, like they say, there's all these, fruits and vegetables, as well as um, preservatives. 
and any colorant, although I don't think it's colored, it looks like it's a clear shampoo in the bottles. And it's the biggest bottles are 16 ounces. So no, I'm not impressed. But I can see if they want to have this, they have about 50 ingredients that they don't have in here, 40 <laughs> to 50. And because they're spouting off things from the EU banned list. Okay. The whole banned list is another topic. But I'm going to say that I would think this would be a fun shampoo to have on your vacation. And I wouldn't pay huge bucks for it. I mean, how natural... Does sodium laroyal lactolate sound to you? Not very. You know that it's been engineered. Yes. Chemically engineered. Now, why they're letting chemically engineered at all in the allowed ingredient list, I don't get it. If it's convenient for them, they'll slip it in there and... They won't say we don't have this, but they don't have a lot of stuff in them. But the upside of cocoa glucoside, laurel and decal glucoside is that they're environmentally friendly and they're biodegradable and they take less carbon to manufacture. Their carbon footprint is much less, but if you figure that you got to use four times the amount of surfactant yeah. to get a decent wash for a dog, I, I'm just exaggerating here a little, and it can't be diluted, how much more are you willing to pay for what you think is a cleaner beauty ingredient? How much more? It's a trade-off. Yeah, it's a trade-off. Everything in life is a trade-off. Yep. It's all trading off. And any kind of a product is going to have its trade-offs. And when you figure that you've got the chemically free fighting against the chemically evolved, boy, that's just an interesting undercurrent in the uh, pet shampoo manufacturer. Well, I agree with you with it being a neat thought to have this on your vacation. So you go on vacation and you're bringing your dog and your dog goes in the ocean and you're like, hey, why not just suds them up and get them clean too? Because you happen to have the shampoo. Not that you couldn't just use any shampoo because we know you can, but still. It's okay. It's not going to hurt anything. Might smell real good. There you go. And, you know, and, that's always a winner with me. <laughs> but I don't think this is something that's going to get any traction in the salons. Yeah, I agree with that. Actually not made for that. We don't even know how long the shelf life is. Right. Because we have no idea what it's being preserved with. Good point. Miranda Kay, I hope that helps you out. And thank you for being here with us. Thanks for supporting our sponsors and happy grooming to everyone. See you next time on the Groom Pod. 
Happy birthday, Barbara. Bye-bye.